0: Hey, brand babies. Today I got my sweetheart, Eric, Eric Moore. Eric actually bought my book. So y'all know he's special to me, (laughs) but seriously, one of the things I love about, um, Eric is his whole thing about, uh, giving quiet leaders a voice because there are so many important people in a room that do not speak up, that have such great ideas, such great perspective, but they're quiet about it for some strange reason. And eric and i want to talk about today it's like you know we need y'all to get your asses up and take some action mind you now i'm the violent talk in this room eric is a non-violent version <laughs> but we're gonna get into some stuff today and we're gonna let it rip so here you go
1: hey brand babies this is Grandma's podcast where we go in on personal branding without taking shit personally Grandma's house is hosted by none other than the Ghetto Country Grandmother. She's here to share her experience, expertise, and education in a way that takes you from brand baby to brand leader. So come on in and hold on to your bourbon, because Grandma's about to spill the tea.
2: Thanks, Grandmother. Uh, you're not violent. I'm not non-violent. Uh, It's just a framework that I typically use. Like, look, sometimes I'm going to say things like, you know, I'm going to shoot, shoot holes in that idea. You know that, right? Mm -hmm. That can, that can come off as violent, but it's just, you know, it's something I like to use, but thank you.
0: No problem. Should should we get into it? Let's get into it. Like I say, we all about, we're both about giving people voices. We just do it in different ways. He does it through coaching and consulting. I throw it, do it through personal branding. But we want to talk about it. You guys need to get up off your ass. Seriously, how are we going to do this? So <laughs> stop laughing at me, Eric. Tell me, tell me, what is, what do you see as the biggest problem for people not taking action? What comes across the most in your practice?
2: Shame. Really? Yeah. People feel ashamed because they saw an opportunity to didn't take it. And I know that feels like a heavy word, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Wow. And it comes in
2: different ways. Uh, people embody it; they get really tense. They're like mm-hmm. oh, I, I don't want to talk about it. Or you know, they're coming to me, arguably weeks later, and saying, oh, "I just I, I feel ashamed that I didn't say something." And when I mean ashamed in saying something, it's not like they watched an injustice happen. It's more day to day work. Like, uh, oh, Jill made this presentation at a meeting, and it just it was terrible. <laughs> And what they're trying to do is find their voice to say terrible in a nice way. Like an idea can be bad or a presentation can be bad or Mm -hmm. someone's personal brand can be, have some clunky elements. Bad. Yeah, bad. (laughs) Bad meaning bad, not bad meaning good. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) But they feel ashamed because uh, I think a lot of people have been taught like, oh, you know, you should, you should speak up when you, you see something happening. Um, but again, I want to be clear, it's not like injustice or like a crime no. is happening. No. Um, so that's the biggest one. Shame.
0: Yeah. And I and I can see that because it's it's in a world where people want to just be, just let me be me. It's like it's a double-edged sword. It's like I'm damned if I do and I'm damned if I don't. And so they yeah. rather take the don't trail. And let somebody else stick out there. It's like, why you didn't tell me you're my friend? Because I am your friend. I didn't tell you because I didn't want you to not be my friend anymore. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) It's complicated. But when you're leading leading a team or when you're leading um, a business and all of that kind of stuff, at some point, we got to get around that. Why do you think people still struggle?
2: Well, I think there's uh, three parts to it, but one of it is... um we're not, t- we're not signaled to speak up. I think it's changing a little bit now with some of the, you know, newer studies that are out there and parenting and the like.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'll just be honest, people at my age group, <laughs> you know, you were kind of told, eh, yeah, keep it on the down low or, yeah. you know, we don't bring our emotions to work. Um, and now it, all you hear about is, you know, bring your authentic self. Well, I don't, I don't want you to show up in your pajamas (laughs) and and talk like a, you know, a truck driver, but there's some authenticity in there that um, people haven't really been taught how to bring to work or, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, friendship's different. So let's be clear. I'm talking mainly about- We're
0: talking about business.
2: Yeah. Business.
0: Yeah.
2: because most of us are just, we're, I don't want to say it's like a light switch, but it's like, that shit sucks. That shit's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, in, our light switch needs to be on a dimmer when we need to communicate. Okay, I like that. You got to ease into it. Here's why I think your business proposal w- might work. Here's where I think it might not work. Whatever the content of that discussion is, like personal mm-hmm. branding or you gotta ease into it. And I think uh, that's part of the real challenge I haven't been taught. What is that dimmer switch?
0: Yeah, yeah. And I, for me, it's, it's. I always ask when I can't find a tactful way to say something, I say, sweetie, I don't know how to say this. I can either be blunt or I can beat around the bush until you figure it out. Mm-hmm. And, but I always, I always try and, and like, okay, let me explain why I say it that way. And if I could find a way to put the explanation first and all of that kind of stuff, the way my brain works, it doesn't. It's like, let me say this first and then let me explain. But my brain doesn't work in a way like I got a whole ass explanation. And then I like this is how I will wrap that up. That shit sucked because. (laughs) (laughs) So there's that challenge. But mm-hmm. like I said, again, it's, it's getting people to take the action that I find most prevalent in a lot of things. And I think the way that people are showing up with their personal brands, it's like, I don't really know where my brand stands at this moment. So let me tell you a lot of personal shit and the different people seem to think when I say personal shit, I mean, intimacies, I'm not talking about intimate stuff. right? And, and, but I'm talking about okay, you went to a party, you went hang out with friends. That's your personal life. I really don't care about that. If you went to a gala because you got an award and you want to share that with us, that's perfectly fine. I'm not necessarily interested, but that's more relevant than you going to hang out with your friends. But when you get to the intimate part, like how traumatized you were when you didn't get the award, now you've taken a turn for the worst to me. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's that kind of deal. And like I say, people have this misguided notion. When I talk about I use the term trauma dumping, um, yeah, that you can't say what you want to say, sweetie, you can say whatever the hell you want to. I'm not telling you that, but I'm saying at some point, because I've seen society act up over the years, at some point, even if someone hires you, they could use that as a reason to unhire you to fire you. It's like, okay, Well, I knew when I saw this video, your ass was gonna be like this, or I knew this, I should have followed my first mind when you made that video, or when you told me this thing, because there are certain intimacies that we've shared that people are waiting to use against us, not intentionally, but it's like, if you strike a blow at them, they're gonna strike back.
2: Would you agree? Uh, Yes. I think what you're hitting on though, is this idea of someone being authentic you know, like, like trauma dumping. Mm -hmm. On one hand, I view it as, oh, great, you feel comfortable enough to share that with me. On the other hand, I'm like, you didn't ask for my permission (laughs) to be (laughs) trauma dumped upon. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know who Simon Sinek is, yeah? Yes, yes. He has a point of view on this, and I'll be short. I agree with you, but to, to to some extent. Spread it out. Spread it out. I'm here Which for it. is, you know, Simon Sinek is, he's got this voice about start with your why and leaders eat last. And, you know, I, I appreciate a lot of things he said, but there was something that really stood out. He said, there are a set of people in the workforce who are treating their job as a counselor, yes. as family. And we're not family at work. Because with family, we can't quit our family. The job Mm -hmm. can quit. And so while I'm happy to see people are now, you know, much younger generation, be it the Gen Z or millennials being taught, hey, yes, you can express emotion. You can be clear about it. But there's too much at work. Mm -hmm. And so what Simon Sinek was saying is, yes, you can express a feeling, but we're not your counselor. Even your boss, I'm not your counselor. You can say I'm upset when I had an interaction with Phyllis, and here's why. That's one thing, but coming in and saying, you know, daddy didn't buy me a pony when I was little, so now I'm effed up. (laughs) Or (laughs) like your example. (laughs) Uh, I do agree. And the backlash or the the striking back, as you said, would be coming from the boss's side or the other employees or coworkers saying, Mm -hmm. Hey, Phyllis, got it. You get that pony. Can can we, can we get back to work now?
0: Mm -hmm.
2: I think there's a healthy balance in between that.
0: So if people are getting out here and everybody is starting businesses, whether they know how or not, um, I have no problem with that, but I think a lot of people are doing themselves a disservice, but if you're going to get out here and you're going to start a business and you're going to have to take action, do you think that people aren't educating themselves enough to, to, to do all of this? And I'm not even talking about the, the financial side, the marketing side, but just not preparing themselves as a person to run a
2: business. Well, you said uh, they're doing themselves a disservice. What did you mean by that?
0: Um, Like, for example, people just have it in their mind that whatever strikes their fancy, they're going to go out and start a business, whether it's because they saw something wrong in the industry, whether they decided I wanted to start a side hustle, whatever the case may be. But then they do it from a standpoint of if they're doing it from a standpoint of just making money, they don't know enough about themselves to run a business, let alone all the other things that go along with running a business. And maybe that's why they can't speak up.
2: I see what you're saying. Okay. So there's a much larger philosophical question here, I think, is what you're asking is, okay, great. You want to start a business and maybe you're all about the money. And when you do that, you lose a part of yourself. Yeah. And when you when you don't, or you didn't even know that self that you had, so therefore you can't speak Authentically, is, is I want to make sure I'm understanding. Yeah,
0: it's it's kind of that because because one of the things that that I had to adjust my own self on is is the difference between being a boss and being a leader. And knowing for me, there's a difference. I can boss people around all day long, mm-hmm. but then if I'm going to lead, it's leading from a place like you said, being of service to a certain extent. And a lot of people start a business not to be of service, but either to make money to to be able to do their own thing. They have all of these reasons, but they don't even re- real they don't even truly know how they boss or
2: lead or just stand out front. Yeah, well I think you have your answer. <laughs> I, mean, I agree to all of that. Okay. And I mean that's part of why I'm in business. All right. As a you know communication consultant and leadership coach. As, Aside from making money in a business, which we all want to do, yeah, let's just, let's just own that. Um, one of the biggest challenges in doing that is communicating effectively. Okay. just having a conversation like this can change the trajectory of any business. And I find that most of the challenges, while they they are like what you're saying, there's just people not they're losing themselves somehow. Mm-hmm because they think, oh, I just have to be a boss and throw out orders. Leadership is really another way of saying you can communicate effectively. And that's where I think I'm hearing you make the distinction is spitting out orders and then leading where you want people to go. And you have to do that through communications and sure that can take all kinds of forms, reports, pitch decks, you know, one-on-ones, but it also, it shows up in what you do. Like, you know, you, you're a good example of like, yeah, uh, I have a very specific point of what personal branding means. And I actually live it. I embody it. You Mm -hmm. don't seem to, you know, you don't, you're not hypocritical, I guess is the word. And I think that's a big part of the, the leadership component that we would hit into. Communicate and don't be hypocritical.
0: How how would you define uh, communication? Because sometimes I think I really suck at it. And then because for me, communication is, I, I go back to, is it Frank, Stephen Covey? Mm-hmm. When it says, seek to understand, then to be understood. And I think that's a big thing. A lot of people, they think they're communicating because they're saying words, but they're not trying to be understood or understand the other side. So yeah. how how do how do you define um communication?
2: Well, it's a pretty big term, but I'll hold on to the the comment that you said there from Covey, which is um to me, communication, I'm not gonna give the No, I just want your version. Yeah, but it's are you listening to learn? Are you listening to be right?
0: <laughs> yes,
2: I know that one. Yeah. And second to that is, do you want empathy or do you want advice? And some people just want to vent. And it's often that, you know, go-getters, A-types, like ourselves, we're like, oh, I got some advice for you. And some people are like, oh, just just hear me out, baby. Yeah,
0: it's like, you haven't even done what I'm trying to do. How are you going to give me advice?
2: Right, right. So, yeah. So that's how I would define communication. It's, are you listening to learn or listening to be right? And somewhere in between that is showing empathy or just giving advice.
0: Okay. I want to take a a kind of a left turn with that because I hear a lot of people talk about empathy and being an empathic person is not always fun being empathetic, but do you think that people can truly manufacture empathy? I know you can do sympathy, but can you manufacture empathy if you're not in a truly empathic person?
2: Well, let's let's here. I would be a little bit more challenge your definition of those words. Okay, so tell, tell me what you think empathy is. Oh my goodness!
0: Um, for me, I, the biggest, the easiest way I can explain it is like empathy is where I can actually put myself in your shoes. Whereas sympathy can, I can understand why you're in those shoes. Does that make sense? It's like when people put themselves in a situation, I can understand why you had to make that hard decision. But empathetically, it's like, oh baby, I'm right here with you. I'm crying. I feel it. There's pain with it. I want to fight with you, fight for you, whatever it is. And it takes on, I guess it takes on a different meaning for me when I go to that empathy stage. It's like, Um, recently working with a client and trying to find him some assistance with videos. And I promise you the person that I thought I found for him, I was driven to hot ass tears and I wanted to cut somebody out on his behalf. Mm -hmm. And because it was so frustrating, it's like, okay, are we doing this thing? or Are we doing that thing? And I'm like, I cannot take this personally. This is not my business, but I also want to advocate for my client. And so I have to. I had to actually stop myself from going to that 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 totally protective space because yeah. I I protect my people. That's who I am. And versus, if I was sympathetic to the situation, it would not have affected me so personally.
2: Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Well, the, you know, empathy's been. T- talked about frequently there's a lot of there's some science behind it you know the, the famous book uh, emotional intelligence um
0: i still have to read that one
2: yeah it's been updated and i know some people have challenged it but in the book you know they talk about there's these four levels of empathy and, and i'm not going to recite all of them but one of them really stands out when you ask the question about met quote manufacturing empathy uh uh what what my grandmother used to call feigning sincerity she's like darling, just fake it until they leave the house (laughs) (laughs) oh you hurt your toe (laughs) honey i'm sorry oh i didn't think she would ever shut up about her damn toe She was from North Carolina, so she had this <laughs> sort of genteel Everything. way of speaking until everyone was gone. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. th- you you can manufacture empathy, and I think it's important, particularly in a work environment. Mm-hmm. But back to the book of emotional intelligence, they talk about one of the levels of empathy is cognitive empathy. Mm-hmm. Just, I understand it from what I'm purely hearing and having logic. Okay, And I think business owners do that on a daily basis with their customers. They might have not gone through the exact same thing their customer is or one of your clients, but you need to hear the evidence, for lack of better words. Okay, why are you upset? Or why are you excited about this particular thing? And you can have cognitive... You can understand empathy at an intellectual level. You don't have to necessarily feel it or have to embody it, like you were saying. And so, yeah, I think it can be manufactured. What you do with it afterwards, now that's another question. Oh, okay. My husband, <laughs> evidently
0: I'm talking very loudly because he he passed me a note.
2: <laughs> oh <Uh-oh. laughs> in real time?
0: In real time, he says, <laughs> sympathy, sympathy, I feel for
2: you. Empathy, I feel you. <laughs> And he wrote it on a bill. It's like uh, uh, <laughs> he's telling you to do something, right? <laughs> and,
0: and maybe it's it's my own um, maybe it's my own internalized thing because I take empathy so seriously. Mm. And it's one of the things I have to tone down a lot for myself because I'll be jumping to everyone's defense almost to the point of being a martyr. Yeah. Yeah. And I ha- and this is why when, when like people think I make fun, I do kind of when I say I'm an empathic bitch because I have to be a bitch enough for myself to save myself from jumping into every situation or yeah. trying to defend people who did not ask me to help defend them. Like, bitch, I'm going to ask you to come over here. It's like, okay, let me go back. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I when I hear people talking about be empathetic, but I know everyone doesn't have the capacity to be empathetic. I think I kind of take offense to it because I'm one of them people, it's like, I don't care if I'm watching a show. If the actor is doing his job, sweetie, I am right there with him. It's like, baby, what yeah. we do? Who we, who's asking? I stood up in the movies when um What's Love got to do with it, and Tina Turner mm-hmm. started fighting back with Ike, and I stood up in the theater. My husband had to snap you back down because I was like, kick his ass! Right? <laughs> I'm ready to swing with her, yeah. but mine goes to 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 that level, and maybe everybody's not on that same level because I don't know if it's because I know women who have been abused and different yeah. things, but I'm always I'm always for the underdog. I cry every time I watch um what is that movie? Man of Honor when he's in the courtroom and and De Niro is making him walk with that bad leg and that heavy oh, ass suit, right
2: yeah.
0: oh my god, I cry I cry hot tears every time. I'm crazy so that's why i say I, that's why i asked you about manufactured empathy is it really a thing or can it be done in your eyes yes
2: yeah i mean courtrooms are great whatever happened to cuba Gooden jr
0: oh he fell off the way he yeah. yeah he a whole shit show
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think court courtrooms are great you know uh say what you will about lawyers a good one will help manufacture empathy mm-hmm. um you know, particularly in uh, really litigious cases, um, yeah. But you hit on something pretty important there that I've received in my training as a coach is it's not my feeling to feel. Yeah, um, but I also like your you know personal brand of being an empathetic bitch because that says to me you will at least hear me out, mm-hmm. and there's a there's an element of empathy. Uh, back to the book emotional intelligence one of the four levels is emotion or uh, empathy driven by action okay explain that to me a little bit it, it just simply says okay well at a cognitive level or an intellectual level you're like oh i get it you you had this thing happen okay i i hear you and empathy is just sometimes just listening mm-hmm. but it the this other step says I hear you and I'm going to help you do something about it. And I think that's what you were tapping into, which is I'm empathetic and I'm going to be a bitch because I'm going to be up in your face because of what you did to my my people or my person. And really all that, the bitch word, as much as we you know might be freaked out by that word, all it means is someone of action.
0: I can take that because the only thing I ever thought of it because I promise you, even when I'm embodying my dog, when he's looking at me hungry, he's like, bitch, get up. <laughs> I'm hungry. I'm ready to eat.
2: <laughs> I think it's a male dog. Yes. <laughs> okay. Because you know, we could flip that around. <laughs> if it was a female dog, be like, bitch, get your own food. Because <laughs> I, I have a, I have a female dog. Goodness,
0: Yes, yes so when when getting back to the whole action of it all what yeah. is what do you think is is a good way for people who are quiet or uncomfortable in speaking up? What do you think is one of the things that they can do to get them to that place of just starting?
2: uh yeah, obviously it's gonna depend on the individual, but there are uh there's about five patterns that I see. And the first one is, um, for a quiet person, can you make an observation about a situation without judgment? You know, uh, a lot of my clients will come to me and they'll say, oh, I wanted to speak up, but I'm not sure if my reality was correct, which is commendable. You know, some yeah. people just, just spout off at the mouth and like, whoa, that that's not even at all what happened. <laughs> And what I found particularly unique with some of the quiet people, what you might want to call introverts or um, they might be ambiverted, like they're Mm -hmm. they're okay speaking up, but they might do it a lot less. Yeah. So if you're really honing in on the introverts, the real quiet, it's, can you observe something without judgment? Meaning don't bring in your shit. (laughs) Don't bring in your feelings. What happened? uh phyllis is wearing a hat like that's pretty straightforward or you know i noticed phyllis was late to the last two meetings you can't deny it and it's quantifiable two two meetings does that help
0: but are you snitching because you're mad that i was late and didn't nobody say nothing
2: (laughs) (laughs) well yeah that's part of it yeah it's not snitching but it's just can i like one no. one way most like i will say loud people or extroverts mm-hmm. in general so mm-hmm. don't don't give me no hate mail people out there is that ah uh, phyllis is always late man she's lazy
3: okay
2: it's like All whoa right. yes why are you gonna go straight to judgment you know you know she's got a child you know she's in school you know, you know, she's whatever the thing is, that's the empathy piece. It's like, before you spout, think it out.
0: Can you rhyme <laughs> with this seriously. Okay, Dr. Seuss. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Even in you saying that, it's, it's, I, I and I tell people, I know I mean, a lot of times.
2: Mean? Mean. Like mean-spirited?
0: Yes. Yeah. And I know this to a certain degree, but I don't always act on the meanness because I know where it comes from. Cause just like you saying like, well, she has a child and all that kind of stuff. And my my authentic reaction will be, well, that bitch knew, she knew that when she took his job. <laughs> but then like, again, my empathic part is like, okay, sweetie, what do we need to adjust in order for you to, so you can still take care of family because family is so important, but so that you can still be here on time. Like mm-hmm. I say who, who how I feel inside doesn't always come through because I do have to tap into that you know what stop being a bitch just stop you know she had a kid when you hired her but then she yeah. also knew the same thing so how are you guys going to work together to fix it but like I said the mean side of me we're like uh uh pick her ass out
2: <laughs> yep you sound like a perfect client for me
0: <laughs> I didn't- say it? I just said I uh, thought
2: it. <laughs> yeah, but you know, back to the quiet—that's really what I'm trying to tap into because some of the quiet people out there are thinking the same thing you are. Like, yeah. you knew what you signed up for. Yeah. But all I'm asking you to do is stop with the judgment because oftentimes that's why people become quiet. Yeah. They start off with, "Well, Janelle was late and she's lazy and she knew what she needed to sign up for," and Janelle is going to be like, "Well." F you, and then you get into this conflict. Yeah. So then the person with the original thought or expression was like, "Well, fine. I'm never gonna. I'm not gonna say shit anymore." Yeah. Yeah. Close. Oh my god. So that's why that's one of the areas I have some of my clients focus on is can you spit out an observation without judgment? Eric, I promise you, you just stepped on my toes with that one.
0: Because I was more. so used to, I so used to be that person. Well, fuck it. I just won't say nothing.
2: Yeah.
0: And I know, um, I know even when I'm not being abrasive, but yeah. I'm being dismissed. That's what made me not speak up. When I started this, this particular business, one of the things was like, people are going to say that I'm being loud. I'm being this, not being that. Even when I was asked to be on television, I'm going to be construed as this person So fuck it. I just won't say anything. I'm not going to go on TV with Neil. I'm not going to do these things with him because you know what? I don't know how to act right. And it was never really about me acting right, but it's like, you know what? You can find a better way to say that. Calm your nerves and figure out a way to say it without being that bitch. You know, I can handle the empathic and all that, but stop being that bitch. Like you said, that judgmental person. Um, But like you said, there are so many people that one wrong word to them, they never speak up again and everybody ends up losing the company or your business ends up losing, but you also end up losing because nobody knows how fucking great you are. And that's what hurts my heart. It's like, sweetie, I tell people like when I ask for feedback, I say, I don't even care if you make me cry. I might even be mad at you for a while, but please tell me. Let me get over it because I asked for this. I asked for this feedback. So however I'm feeling right now, I can control my feelings later on. Let me be mad for a minute. But sweetie, I promise I'll come back because I asked you for your truth and I want it. So it's it's that that whole thing about communication because I know some people can be unintentionally abrasive. Mm-hmm. It's, it's stuff just they don't know how to add that spoonful of sugar. So it's. I don't want anybody to be quiet anymore. I want you to just own your truth, and that is a very, very big thing to me because I I value people, and I I'm I'm assuming, and I know the whole ass out of you and me, but I'm assuming you're the same way, which is why you're you're coaching quiet entrepreneurs or quiet
2: leaders. Am I wrong? Well, there's a couple of things you said in there. No, you're not wrong. I'm I, I'm pretty quiet, and a lot of it is because I got tamped down throughout the years. And I'm, mm-hmm. like you said, fuck, I ain't gonna speak. <laughs> uh, but oftentimes I just don't really have anything to say. I, I really am in listen mode.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But you said two things in there that I wanna respond to if that's okay. Come on, wouldn't. You said, oh, I just need to act right. And then you said, well, it's not really about act right. It's I need to think of a better way. That's a big part of what I work with my clients on is that Mm self-awareness. Don't, don't blame yourself. Don't be judgmental on yourself. Oh, you better act right. No, 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 no. There's, there's a reason why your, your verbal expression came out the way it did. And it's, it's a unmet need. You have an unmet need. If someone's late, that you have a need to ensure that your employee is gonna be there on time and that they're gonna help get to the bottom line. But you also need to ensure the need of maybe your, I don't wanna call it motherly instinct, but it's your team, it's your employee. You wanna nurture them and take care of them. And being late is probably a value that you take seriously.
3: Introducing branding boundaries and bullshit by the one and only grandma Phyllis Williams' Strother. Hey you there, are you tired of all the boring personal branding stuff? Well my mom, grandma, has got you covered with her awesome new book. In this game changer, grandma doesn't play by the rules. She's a rebel who says you don't have to fake it to make it. No more being a people pleaser, because it's time to get real. Look, my mom's been there dead done that, just like Pitbull, except she was a multi-million dollar restaurant owner. She's got all the stuff to let you know what's real and what's just okie doke. This book isn't for the corporate page. It's for the courageous, the genuine, and the unapologetic. It's about putting you first and not some fake customer pleasing it because this is not the circus. Branding boundaries and bullshit is like a fist pump to those who refuse to conform. It's your match to discovering your YO uniqueness and owning it. So just to BS and start branding on your own terms get grandma's book now and let your true self shine through
2: and so when you express and you get angry yes there's better ways to say it but what I try to get my clients to think about is don't judge yourself for having the feeling for having that "Uh, uh, that that bitch showed up again. (laughs) (laughs) there's something deeper going on which is just the need and we all you know talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs and it it fits into that okay but the other thing you you said in there was um just shutting up and expressing it in a way where um you're ready for it Mm -hmm. you said hey I want to hear this that's the biggest part of communication is you have, to, it's almost like asking for permission. Now, of course, I'm not talking when, when an employee messes up and they have yeah. to have a, you know, a personal one-on-one.
0: Yeah.
2: But the the challenge I always find with a lot of these, uh, my clients' meetings that they're in, they'll say, okay, I, I love feedback. And then people start giving feedback and they weren't really ready for it. Yeah. They yeah. go home and they cry or whatever the thing is. Yeah. And I teach groups of people who have a meeting. When you say, okay, any feedback, any input, and they'll do one Mississippi, two Mississippi. And when no one talks, then they just fill the air. Yeah. Like, no, let people soak Practice. it in, yeah. process, right? And go, okay, Phyllis, here's what I think. I really like the purple hat, but the red hat's kind of distracting. So if you just did this, my eye would go over there. You yeah, know, whatever the thing is, I'm picking yeah, on your background. Yeah, that's fine. <clears throat> but I really like that you illustrated that you were ready for the feedback.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, here's another left turn, because you said that there's an unmet need. But when you called it out, the thing that I went to is like, that's what I was taught. We were always told, act right fix your face, all of that kind of stuff when I was growing up. And so it becomes more of a cultural thing than yeah. a an unmet thing, an unmet need to me. I I will still go back and, and, and examine for myself. It's like, okay, do I have some unmet me? I'm, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna check that one out. Trust and believe when this call is over, I'm gonna check that out <laughs> of myself. Yeah. But I also know that when I say get some act right, that's what we were always told to do. It's like if we were out somewhere or even at an aunt's house or different things, get you some act right or I'm gonna give you some.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you're bringing back memories. My grandmother would say y'all acted ugly.
0: And and so when we, and like and I know that a lot of cultural influences influence how we do business. And yeah. even in not speaking up, I know a lot of times, one of the words I had to throw away for the most part of stepping into, to being the face of my business was learning to be humble. And when I looked up the definition of humble, I don't know what it was, but I decided I didn't like it anymore Yeah, because it's the way I read the definition for me, I -hmm. found it kind of demeaning. I also found the word apology a little bit demeaning so now I say you know what I'm contrite I don't necessarily use the word apology or apologetic and it's and when I talk about when I heard what you said I don't care what you meant I heard what you said this is why I go back and look up words because people spout out shit and like well you understood what I meant no I know what you said yeah yeah And that is a big deal to me. I'm not saying I'm a wordsmith. I tell everybody, my first language is bad English, not English. (laughs) (laughs) But I have enough sense to know that just because you felt a certain way doesn't mean you get to change the definition of the word. Mm -hmm. Words become obsolete Mm -hmm. all the time. I get that. But you're trying to express yourself in a certain way that's not coming across. So you want to blame it on, oh, well, you know what I meant. No, I know what you said. And whether you hurt my feelings or you made me feel empowered, whatever it was, it made me feel a certain way about what you said, regardless of, I know what you meant. Me, and the, the, lot of folks don't know, I was raised a church girl. And one of the things that we learned being the church and being in church was like, whatever comes out of your mouth came from your heart.
2: Mm-hmm. So you
0: felt that shit when you said it to me. So yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's right. So there's.
0: <clears throat> For me, there's this cultural element to how we express certain things as well that gets lost in translation. And that's why when we started, I said, I'm the violent version, he's the nonviolent version, because people take my, the way I speak a lot of times, if you don't speak this way or you haven't been around this type of atmosphere, oh, she's so violent when she speaks. No. I see. And, yeah. And so there, there's a cultural element there. Do you ever take that into consideration or do people ever bring that up with you?
2: Oh, yeah. 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 Um, Well, let's see. How do I... Yes, the answer is yes. And I respect Mm -hmm. what you're saying. Culture's a big deal. No matter whose it is, it does shape the way we behave. Um, I am working with a first-generation-born Latina woman.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And that... In my experience, has been a community of women who are told do not speak or you know speak when spoken to, like yeah. old school shit. Yeah. Right? Um it's you know, this person's quite successful and is very thoughtful in a lot of her responses, but it keeps coming back. I was told to demure. be a little bit more quiet um and on the flip side um i have someone similar to you who's like uh, i i i need help tamping down my loudness Mm -hmm. i actually want to be quiet so two different cultures one is a Black American, the other's first generation Latina. Wow. And uh, it, it's across the board. But you know what's similar between these cultures? A lot of us are told to be quiet. Yeah. Just
0: depends on who your grandma was, doesn't it?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, because I don't care what skin color you are, most of us are told to shut up.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's it's this whole thing of we used to hear the terms like little picture, big ears and all that kind of stuff, or get out the room when the adults are talking. Yes. And you had to learn a lot of shit on the street and it was bad information. Right. And uh, and so it's it's coming from a large family because my grandmother had, what, 12 kids she had to raise. Oh, man. And then um, all of her grandkids, I think total like the last time I counted and this was years ago it was about 80 not 80 grandkids but 80 family members all together
2: yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah and it's it's hard to be heard in that size of a family and so it was during a time where you could be outside and yell in the streets and your mama was yelling out the door get your ass in the house okay I'm coming so you got used to yelling across the street and all that kind of stuff and it's it's even my husband, after my husband played football in high school, even mm-hmm. after Neil left football, players could still hear his mama in the stands, get your feet up on you. She was still yelling at the games. I love that. Because she, 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 she became the ultimate football mom. They brought their report cards home to her and all that kind of stuff. And so it's, it's one of the things that, that I advocate for with my clients is like, sweetie, get you a support system. Yeah. And okay. that is so key. And a lot of us, we we act like that has to be our family. Sometimes you have to pay for support. You're a support system. Technically, you got to charge for it, but you're a support system. It's like, let me get you to this point. But it's dismissed as, you know what? I can figure this out on my own. We struggle so long. And I am one of those people who struggled because I didn't know how to ask for help. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel like I should have to pay for help, depending on what it was for. Sure. And especially, like I said, going back to the church things, you better pray about it. We don't go to therapy. I was one of those kids. Mm-hmm. So it took a lot. Even, even I think I didn't really step out of that until I had my first business. It's like, okay, I need some help doing this. Cause wrangling Neil's crazy. Being married to him is one thing, but wrangling his crazy in the business. Oh, I'm going to need some help. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. It's different. It is different. Yeah. But I, I'm I'm loving the the because I know you you talk about me because I I challenged you when we were talking about nonviolent communication. But mm. I I I truly appreciate it because the difference in in perception or paradigm as far as violent communication, I say something and I promise you a whole lot of black folks and latinos will get it. White folks won't. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people want to understand cross cultures, but even once you understand, sweetie, you still can't cross that culture line. There's some things you can, but then there are other things that you can't. And you want to be, this is why I, <laughs> I people get angry at me. I tell them I'm not inclusive. Because no. there's just some assholes. I will not, I, all the stuff y'all trying to make inclusivity about, no. that shit does not matter to me. A person is a person. I mm-hmm. just need you not to be a dick ass person that's where
2: i have a problem (laughs) wait wait hold on a dick ass person (laughs) i don't know what you mean but i know what you said (laughs) sorry i gotta call that out oh my god that is amazing
0: yes yes but it is i i don't like i don't like I'm okay with a bit of arrogance. I grew up with an arrogant dad, my father. Arrogance does not bother me. But mm-hmm. when you cross a line into manipulation and, and dismissiveness and all of the, that's when I have a problem. Those are the type of people, sweetie, I don't care if you wear a shoe on your head, two bras and and walk backwards. That is not my problem with you. My problem with you is that you're being a shitty ass person. Yeah. That's when I am not inclusive. And so it, it it makes a difference to me that that person with the two brawls walking backwards and doing all the other stuff, they still are entitled to have a voice. You don't have to agree with it. And so when I tell people I'm not tolerant, I'm not accepting, I'm not inclusive, but what I am is respectful. I try to respect everybody the same. I don't care how little or how much you have. And that is important to me. I will run to the defense of a rich person the same I was running to the defense of a poor person. Their, their financial status, their home, their residence, their neighborhood, none of that matters. But we, I see people out here starting business and the, everybody wants to be a premium product. It's like, I want to talk about them so bad, Eric, <laughs> but I keep it to myself. Okay.
2: Let it fly, you know. <laughs>
0: but it is it's it's, <clears throat> it's that kind of thing knowing that that everybody's experience is not my experience which I which is why I could be respectful yeah and that's very like I said that's my thing that is my thing
2: well hold on to that thought for inclusivity for a moment okay because I have something controversial to say come on about it i'm in agreement with you about your definition, at least how you're using that word inclusive. Yeah. It, like I get the sense that you are until you're not. And that's usually because someone was a dick ass person. Mm-hmm. So in my line of work, I have to work with a lot of people in corporate worlds, and D E I A or D E A I, depending on how it's formed is, is very important. And some people, it's a checkbox. Some people embody it for real. And my many time, my many years as a facilitator for workshops, um, inclusivity was one of my um, philosophies. Mm-hmm. But I always tempered it. And this is where I think it gets controversial. Is, inclusivity is good. I definitely want to hear your voice, but it doesn't mean you get your way. And so I think a lot of earlier some of the people I was working with felt that inclusivity meant you get your way there are 50 people in this room doing the workshop not all 50 ideas are going to bloom and so I say their idea might come up next quarter or next year I don't want to throw it away but please honey don't mix inclusivity with getting your way oh my god that is a whole last sermon (laughs) <laughs> can i get a witness
0: oh my goodness amen amen
2: <laughs> i'm feeling it but, but i don't want to get on my high horse but i think we're we're aligning on something here yeah Where there's a happy medium yeah. tell me i want to hear all the inclusive thoughts and uh approaches um but then what what's next yes it's a priority yeah.
0: Because I think it moved from representation to inclusivity, which totally derailed the whole representation part of it. It's like, I understand that you want them to have a mixed bags of opinion, but mm-hmm. just because you came into this and now you're a part of the, the, the round table, so to speak, sweetie, just because we let you in the door didn't mean that you were going to get to voice all of your opinions about your dissatisfactions. If that's the only reason you came into the room, other than to show that, you know what, I, I'm, I'm qualified to be part of this conversation, then it loses all credibility to me. You can have a room full of Blacks, whites, m- Hispanics, Asian, whatever.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And there's different opinions. But because you came in here with that fight on your shoulder, you think everybody's supposed to kowtow to you. Now you just lost my respect. It's like, don't come in here with that shit. It's like, we've been doing this for, we, we want to hear your voice. But if something, stop it. But if we've been doing something <laughs> that, that has- some thumb been, just showed up. I know. But if we've been doing something that needs to change, and needs to, to to speak to different levels, mm-hmm. it's, it's a different conversation. And we both will get hate mail on this because like I said, I'm not part of the DEI fight. I'm not saying that it shouldn't be a fight, but I'm not part of it mm-hmm. because- I don't see people that way i don't break them down into categories yes i'm surrounded by black people because i'm a black person i live in a black neighborhood and but that was by choice that's where i felt comfortable do i go other places outside of this of course i do but do they have to include me in every company no i don't expect them to my voice like i said there's a time where people tell me if i'm a mixed company So you normally, depending on where I go, I'm going to be, I'm going to listen, not to be heard. So it doesn't matter to me, but you like, Oh, you need to speak up. Why? (laughs) I want
2: to hear what they had to say. Why do I need to speak up? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So It's, it's a, it's a solid point. And I often have to hear comments from my clients about code switching. Oh yeah. And you know, it's a real thing. I get it. Uh, but I think what I, why I'm calling that out is because I think your approach is where I would lead people is just, just listen first. You know, if you want to come into, I don't care who you are, you come into a conversation half cocked or have a chip on your shoulder, you know, it's likely you're not going to be invited to that conversation again. Yeah.
0: And it's, it's, it's a reality for a lot of and it's not even the person it's the how the name sounds we know a lot of people well i'll say i know a lot of people who have been dismissed even though they're qualified because of their name the name sounds too ethnic yeah and so they never get a chance mm-hmm. and it's it's all of these different things that that can hinder you But they don't have to necessarily stop you. And I think that's why so many people jump out here and try to start a business. But again, it goes back to, are you prepared to run a business? Are you prepared to lead a business? Yeah. And just because you're mad about the way you were treated or the, now you're going out here and you're trying to start a business based on a fight. And it hits different. And you expect everybody to agree with you. It's like, you know what? We got to go out here and we got to do this thing. And we got to make this money because they ain't going to give us no. What makes you think I'm waiting on them to give me some money? I know how to make my money. I know how to speak up for the money that I want. Mm -hmm. I know I tell people one of the things I had to get over for myself. The reason I was quiet for so long because because of the way that I speak, it hindered me a lot. And I had, and it doesn't, the thing I had to tell myself, sweetie, doesn't disqualify your education and it doesn't disqualify all the certifications that you have. You're the one judging yourself by that. They don't even know you have those things. And I was judging myself based on my, my vernacular and my speech versus, you know what? I just know how to do what I do. What? (laughs) I do not know. My daughter wants to know what shoes to wear. I don't know. Ask your dad. (laughs) See. <laughs> yeah, purple shoes, huh? <laughs> but it's it's that that kind of thing that we have that I think hinders a lot of us is getting out of our own way and hiring people like you to do that. And it's like they want to try and suck up all the free content you put out thinking that's going to get them there. Sweetie, mm. that's still only going to take you so far. Yeah. And so when are you going to sweetie suck it up and go pay for it? everybody, I don't, I'm so tired of the whole, oh, they're being gatekeepers. No, I fucking learned this the hard way. Yeah. And this is my business. So I'm not just going to give it away. I'm not gatekeeping shit. Sweetie, this is 57 years <laughs> of getting to this point.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it
0: included a, a, a degree in business. It included certifications for this over here. It included, included executive programs. I put in the time and the money to get all of this. So why shouldn't Why why do you expect me to give it all to you for free? Now, none of us is making money because you think you're going to make money off my shit and I can't make money off my shit. So ain't nobody making no money. Yeah. It's crazy.
2: It reminds me of a a story of Picasso. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't don't know how truthful this is, but it's been shared many times. Picasso was sitting on a bench and it looked like he was drawing from this perspective of this woman. And she came up and she's like, oh, Picasso, I love your work. Do you mind, you know, doing a rough sketch of me? And, you know, he was looking at her doing the sketch. And I think it took him all of like five minutes. And she's like, oh, my gosh, this really captures my essence. You really get me. Yeah, thank you. And as she starts to walk away, he's like, uh, that'll be $10,000. And she's like, "What you you spent all of five minutes drawing? Why should I give you ten thousand for five minutes?" He's like, "It's because I've been doing this my whole life. Yes, it took my whole life to create such a wonderful image for you. So yeah. pay me my money, Roll me out my <laughs> money,
0: make it rain, but yeah." <laughs> so I think
2: that's the point you're hitting on. Yeah, which is yeah. sure I can give it to you for free, but then you know that doesn't do anybody any good. And I think yeah. paying the price for someone like yourself is really about truncating that timeline, those 50 years that you, you toiled and learned and hustled. And you're like, you client are paying for those years of experience. So you don't have to go through it. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a question for you Sure. in your business. What do you think is a, the, a big communication problem? I don't mean you running your business, but Mm -hmm. things that your clients are bumping up against.
1: Um,
0: Because I try and, and not because I try, because I want to go after clients who have been in business for a while, who are seeing diminishing returns and all of that kind of stuff.
3: Mm. It's
0: the the communication problem is getting them to understand that their pricing is outdated. Because they've been doing it so long and... um, because they've been in this business. It's like, well, nobody's going to pay anymore for this because this is what I've been charging. And yes, I've raised my prices over the years, but this is all I can get. And I'm like, getting them, do you even understand what outdated pricing is? And for me, it's like, you have you have 20 years of experience. You have 15 years of experience and you've been doing what you do for this long. I've been running a business since for 20 years that's, that's credibility right there. But I'm not talking about the people who have been running their business for five years and, but have no experience. They only have that five years worth worth of experience. But if you've been doing something, this same job, whether you started a business as it, or you went and worked for somebody and then went into business for it, you have this 20 years. And when you started this business, say you were charging $5,000. But now over the last 10 or 15 years, you've only made $6,000. Your pricing is outdated. My clients aren't going to pay any more than that. Sweetie, that's why we're building a brand because most companies started without a brand. You started with the logo and the visuals, but you never had a brand so that you don't know how to market your business. So people don't know why they should pay you a higher price now. So if you're charging six and I'm telling you, you can get 15 at least communicating that to them and getting them to a place of, okay, I get it now is very challenging. Okay. Getting them to the, to the mindset of, and I don't, I don't claim to be a mindset coach, but it's part of what I have to do to get people to understand your pricing is outdated because the value that I see here, you have to learn how to talk about the value. I was watching something. I think it was Richard Moore earlier today. And he said, you have to learn how to separate the value from the price. Yeah. Because when you're talking to someone, when you're talking to someone, maybe all they're seeing is the value. I mean, all they're seeing is the price. They said, well, let me think about it. He said, no, you got to say, well, where did I miss the point in showing them the value? The price is whatever it is. Like I said, price is nothing but a number. It's the value that people want. And if you can show them that, and if you believe it, because I found with clients, if you don't believe it, you're going to stutter all over it, or you're never going to mention it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so you really are in the business of communication.
0: To a certain, I wouldn't label it that way, but yeah, to a certain degree, I need you to talk about your shit. I need you to be your own. I don't want you to hire an influencer. You can hire one later, but first I want you to be your own best influencer.
2: Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, well, here's what I mean by that is, yes, you're communicating to them. Yeah. But you're having to do it in a way that's convincing, of course. Mm Mm-hmm. But you're, it sounds like you're also getting your clients to be clear in their communication of their value. And so uh, maybe I'm too biased, but I no, literally have the lens of communication everywhere.
0: <laughs> it's like me and branding. I see it everywhere. Yes, yeah, I, I see guess.
2: branding yeah. everywhere. I see dead people. Yes,
0: so, that's my yeah, thing. Right?
2: Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> so, But uh, I'm always curious, of how other people communicate in their business Uh, because one telltale sign that someone's a good communicator is that they understand clearly what the value is of doing business with said business. Yeah, And sometimes clear communication is all that's needed. I get this by this time for this dollar amount. Great.
0: But the, but what you said, it's like, okay, but then it goes back to our original conversation of sweetie, you got to take action on it. Yeah. Okay. Taking action on it is that communication. And mm. when I tell my client, I tell my client, find a way to pepper in the fact that it costs, it costs four grand to have a consultation with you. It's like, I can't say that. I can't say that the fuck you can't. Why can't you? <laughs> I don't understand. I'm I'm confused.
2: Right. Right. Because yeah.
0: you're you're part of part of getting people because I also tell I also talk about um and we got to wrap this up because I know we're over but yep. another part is that you have to train your clients and I don't mean like train sales but you have to cl- train your clients in how to work with you and part of that training comes across because we now have social media sweetie so part of that training comes across in social media it's like you know what one of the things that I do with my clients is this and because you name that one thing they like okay I know I got to at least do this. Now you may do 20 or 30 different video clips or whatever it is, but they's like, okay, I got at least, at least 15, I got at least half of what he tells. I I can work with him because now they know how to work with you. I know when I, when I send him my number that he's going to call me and this thing is going to happen. So I have to have this ready. I already got my shit together. And 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 people talk about qualified leads, tweeting. When you teach them how to work with you, that's qualifying the lead because they've already qualified themselves. Oh, I got this shit. I got 25 on the, on the list of 30. I'm good to go. And I got the money. Yeah. So you've already told them, it's like, this is how I work. This is how much I charge. And all you did was say, you know what? The reason people get mad about paying me $4,000 for a consultation is because they found out that it was worth it. It's that (laughs) simple. (laughs)
2: Uh, I love that. Uh, That's a mic drop. (laughs) (laughs)
0: that part is that simple it's not saying that you have to drag your prices through all of your content it's just a simple comment and you can use that comment every other week every other month or whatever because at some point somebody like don't call them unless you got four grand that's one of the qualifiers just to get in the door Mm -hmm. and that's it so it's, it's getting people to okay can i really say that yeah you can say it to me send me the video just say it to me once they made the video. You know what? Now I got to make you use it. You said it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like you said, it's a matter of communication and getting comfortable with saying the new numbers and saying the different things of how you want to work with clients, Mm -hmm. saying how you want to go through this process. This is my process. I didn't ask you to make up a process to come to the door and tell me how to do my job. I said, this is my process. So if you come to the door understanding the process, it's a lot easier for us to get get this done. So instead of it taking sixty days, it only takes us thirty because you came to the door understanding my process. Right. So that that uh, that's what I kind of get to if that makes sense.
2: It does. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. So where do you want to wrap this up to? We're
0: wrapping this up right now, sweetie, because we're going to wrap this up with you telling me what you got going on, how to get in contact with you and all that good shit. And I'm going to put it in the show notes some kind
2: of way. Okay. (laughs) What I got going on. Yeah. Well, so uh, you can reach me at um, thedesignthinker.org. There's plenty of ways to contact me there. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. I don't really mess with the gram or the talks. Uh, That's my own choice. Um, But yeah, I currently am working with uh, coaching clients and I'm accepting at least two new clients if anyone's interested. Um, And that's it. I'm just enjoying my time here with you.
0: All right. Me too. And since I said that, tell us what is the process for working with you if they want to get onboarded.
2: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah. The only reason they'd be mad at my price is because Well, they're mad because they didn't do it sooner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it's real simple. Uh, I'm not like most coaches, you know, I, I, you work with me, you want to work with me for an hour at a time, um, or you want two hours, fine. It's not like, you know, punch a clock. That's the difference that some of my coaching is, but I work on retainers. Yeah. Because I, I believe in having long-term client relationships. That's how you become better. That's how you, things are going to change. Life is going to be thrown at you and I should be there along with you. And so my only way to work with me is you have to commit to me for at least six weeks. And after yeah. that, it's retainer. And it's usually about a year or two, depending yeah. on the goals. And that's it. Super it. simple. I Give you email support, phone support within that retainer system. And you know, sometimes you have those brainstorms in the middle of the night. Yeah. You can't quite have a session with me. So you just blast those thoughts. And then like the it. next time I'll have something ready for you.
0: There you go. There That's you go. It. And I love that. And that people don't understand. Um, and I shouldn't say y'all don't understand. But one of the things that you have to learn is that a lot of this shit does not happen overnight, whether you're no. working with a coach, a consultant, or an advisor, whether they're fixing a single problem or they're helping you revamp or just getting your shit together yourself, it does not happen overnight. So you're trying to pay pay for one session and think you got everything in, in that one hour. This is why people have retainers. My, I know, um, I've dealt with a lot of people where we talk about Alex Hermosi and the, the, the guarantee I tell people I'm, I'm like, I'm very similar to you, Eric. I have, it could be called a retainer, but my thing is I tell people, I don't hold you hostage. If you come this month and don't come back next month, sweetie, that's on you. Cause trust and believe I'm trying to fill your spot. (laughs) I am not beg you to stay. That's my guarantee. You can leave at any time, but I love Eric. Oh my goodness. He is such a sweetheart. And you guys, if you need some communication and, in your life, in your especially if you're a quiet entrepreneur, I know I'm quiet in life, but just not in the ghetto country grandmother. A lot of people don't understand that; they think it's crazy. But check out Eric. Find him on um, LinkedIn. That's his platform of choice. Eric Moore, but he also gave you his email address or his website. Did you give us the website? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, I wasn't listening right. That his It's not his poor communication. It was just me. I wasn't processing. <laughs> <You
1: did fine. laughs>
0: but y'all know we got to get out of here. So five, bullshit happens. So suck it up. Four, your voice is important. So speak up. Three, you make the world a more beautiful place. So show up. Two, life is good. So buck up. And one, I love you and ain't a damn thing you can do about it. So shut the fuck up. Peace <laughs> and hair, grease, y'all. I'm out. All i am out right.
1: All right, Brand Babies, we appreciate you stopping by because we know you got shit to do. Just remember to subscribe on your way out and bring a friend next time. In the meantime and in between times, stay connected with your brand mother on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. The links are in the description. And your brand mother wants you to remember that personal branding is not just personal, it's also business.